in the altcoin season, if you are not searching for crypto gems on KuCoin, you're doing it wrong. As the home of altcoins, KuCoin is offering over 600 tradable coins. Whether you are a beginner or professional trader, you can always find a good product fit on KuCoin, ranging from earning products with passive income to derivatives trading with up to 100 times leverage. Sign up today to find the next crypto gem in DeFi, GameFi, NFT, and Metaverse. Join us with 10 million global investors and claim your $500 welcome bonus now. Welcome to KuCoin. It's K-U-C-O-I-N. Sign up to get a 500 USDT welcome bonus. Welcome to the CoinGecko Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Young. Each week, we'll be interviewing someone from the blockchain industry to learn more about this fast-moving cryptocurrency economy. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The CoinGecko Podcast is produced each week to help you stay ahead of the curve. Show notes can be found at podcast.coingecko.com. I highly encourage you to join our newsletter where we send out top news in the crypto industry every Monday to Friday. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Telegram at CoinGecko. Hello everyone, my name is Ben and as usual, I'm the host of today's podcast. Today we have a very special guest, his name is Kieran Warwick, the co-founder of Illuvium. Welcome to the show, Kieran. Hey, Ben. How you doing? Yeah, great to have you, you know. So before we begin, I always like to start off with asking our guests about themselves, you know, how they first got into crypto, and, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess you'd call me like a serial entrepreneur. I've been doing startups pretty much all my life. I tend to gravitate towards the the business end and I, I really enjoy marketing and and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, a startup guy, I, I guess is, is what you'd say. Um, I got into crypto back in 2016. I got absolutely wrecked by ETH and uh, it left a very sour taste in my mouth. And so I decided... I would leave. I then developed a food tech startup. COVID really, really hurt that in the end. And uh, so I ended up going back into crypto and then I found crypto gaming and yeah, the rest is uh, history. Yeah. So you obviously already kind of gave it away. You mentioned gamings. And so what exactly is Illuvium? So it's the world's first AAA IBG, which is an interoperable blockchain game. So a lot of people think Alluvium is just one game, but it's actually three games right now in the universe that we're creating that are all interoperable and all underpinned by a single token, ILV. And so there's a... Uh, you've got your city builder game where you, you go and collect your resources. Those resources are then used in the main game for collecting and then, and you know, capturing these monsters that we call alluvials. And then you take those monsters and you go into another game called Alluvium Arena. And that's where you battle other people and you can earn yield and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean... I'm a gamer myself, so I, I I get all the genres that you're talking about. So I just like to ask, you know, why is there a specific reason for 
picking these genres. So, you know, you mentioned uh, city building. Uh, I guess collection is pretty common, but, you know, entering the auto-battler auto genre, that's quite unique. Uh, for those of you out there who are not familiar with auto-battlers, um, the most popular one is Dota Auto Chess and Underlords, as well as Teamfight Tactics from uh, League of Legends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the reason is uh, Alluvium was co-founded by three brothers, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm one of them. Aaron's another, and Grant is is another. And we all wanted to have sort of our own games that we thought were fun. And uh, Alluvium Zero didn't actually exist back when we first wrote the white paper. And so uh, when we looked at it, Aaron wasn't agreeing with us building like a Pokemon type collection game. Yep. He didn't, you know, he wasn't in that era. He's a little bit older than us. And he's been addicted to Teamfight Tactics for probably seven, eight years now. And yep. so he said, I refuse to join unless you do this. And then we said, <laughs> well, we don't want to do that. We want to do the Pokemon game. And we sort of fought for a couple of uh, days or whatever. And, uh, and then eventually he just said, look, I'm the game designer. I'm going to design a game that includes both genres mashed together and then everyone will be happy and yeah we we all are as a fan of all genres i am happy to hear that so yeah and you know i guess the biggest question for outsiders is you know most games specific uh focus on one area but obviously you mentioned that uh, your team is mashing three games together and you know if i were to summarize it's kind of like collecting battling exploring even uh management resource, right? That's resource management. Um, how do you balance the different gaming aspects, right? Uh, on top of your tokenomics while ensuring that it still remains fun? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a difficult task, I'm not going to lie. It's a, and, and it's not something that I need to solve myself personally. It's, it's more what Aaron takes care of. And essentially at the heart of all of our games is, is fun, right? Like you can always yeah. have a sustainable economy if people are willing to pay for the value of fun right things like skins in games emotes in games like if if they want to if they if they see value in a cosmetic or something like that then you're always going to have value flowing in without it being extracted out right and and that's how you keep a sustainable economy but in order to do that you need to have it needs to be fun, right? Like no one yeah. is buying skins and, and you know, crazy cosmetics and PFPs in games that they're not having fun because why would you, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't do that, right? You're here as an investor. And I think that is the issue with uh, the, the space at the moment is that people aren't here to have fun. They're here to extract money out of these economies and that is not sustainable in the long term. Do you consider Illuvium, you know, you, actually you kind of mentioned it earlier, right? You said Illuvium is a AAA game. And, you know, as a gamer myself, I'm usually not very certain about where does the la label AAA come from? Uh, so why do you consider yourself a AAA game? And, you know, what does the definition actually entail? So we are like 
scraping, scraping the bottom of the barrel of being able to call ourselves a AAA game, right? Like essentially it's the amount of funding that you have. We do tick that box. You know, we've had like, we've, we've had about uh, 55 million in funding. So you need about 50 million plus in order to, to hit that box. But again, that's low. There's some games where there's 400, 500 million dollars of funding that have been put into it. But I'd say that the bottom level there is is about 50. Where we're under is definitely in the team size. So we've only got, uh, we had about 210 full-time devs and artists and operations and marketing people working on the business full-time. But that's now been restructured down to about 170. My definition is probably around the 300 plus mark, right? Like mm -hmm. it's it's very very difficult to do that now where we sort of have an advantage over traditional mainstream studios is a we built this very very quickly we've only existed for 18 months and so we haven't had a whole bunch of bloat across different hires and departments and what we've been able to do is just only hire experts so our we don't have any juniors in uh in the team it's all senior level plus stuff mm -hmm. and and ideally leads and uh you know head of departments and what we get out of that is 10 15 years experience of them building AAA games and that's why you see the the quality that we're able to produce so while our team is a little bit under what that AAA threshold technically is we make up for it in our ability. And then the last factor is the graphics, right? Like how, how, what quality graphics are you producing? And as you can see, we've gone beyond belief. Grant, the, the one, the brother who had the CGI background and who's one of the best modelers in the world, he was relentless with us just saying, we're going AAA in terms of the graphics. It needs to be insane. People need to just look at it and go, holy God, this is the modern day Pokemon. Awesome. And, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about games, but, you know, there is this logic question at hand, right? Why build this on the blockchain? And, and for Illuvium, they're building on ETH. You know, why not go the traditional route? So we wanted to be able to have an interoperable universe and we wanted users to have real world ownership of their assets. And so that's what the blockchain and NFTs enables. And, you know, being able to take an asset from the overworld and then in the future, if we build out a cartoon racer game, being able to take your alluvial and it ports into a Mario Kart style game, you don't need to spend the $99 to buy the new game. You literally just have that asset. That's what the blockchain really enables us to do. Would you, you kind of described the development process earlier, uh, but does that also change because you are a building on the blockchain? Because the processes you described kind of sounds like a traditional gaming studio. Are there any unique issues or uh, matters that you need to manage differently when you're considering a blockchain game? So look, there needs to be the integration of the blockchain in, into mm -hmm. the game, but a lot of that is not actually handled by our blockchain engineers. That's handled by our backend engineers, right? Now, 
It's all about connecting up APIs, making sure that transactions are seamless. And to be honest, it's not too dissimilar to like, it's not the first real world economy that's ever been created in a game. So uh, as much as I'd love to say that there's some super complex way, like you need to understand the models of DeFi. Like we have decentralized governance, we have staking, but these are all separate applications to what the game is basically. And so in terms of that traditional game development, it's, it's very standardized. You talked a little bit earlier about, on the state of game five or play to earn, you know, you're talking about how the industry has not really been focused on fun and more on extracting value out of the ecosystem. Uh, would you say that this is the overall vibe of the industry, right? Is there anything else to it? Or do you feel like most actors in the space today is all about value extraction? <laughs> so you, you started this off and you said that you're a gamer. Yeah. Is there a single game that you would play in Web 3 right now over a Web 2 game? No. (laughs) Not. There's your answer, right? No. I'm a gamer too. I'm sorry. I'm not here to... While I think it's amazing and fantastic that people in third world countries can have the ability to extract this, this money out of these economies and earn, you know... 10 15 20 dollars a day that's not what true gamers want they get their value out of the fun and there isn't a single first person shooter there's no collectible game there's no tower defense game there's no dungeon crawlers there's literally no mobas no mmo rpgs that are better than any web 2 game and so of course i think the state you know when people say oh you know, NFTs and, and NFT gaming gets such a bad rap. It's like, of course it does. Look at it. <laughs> the state of it is very infant. It needs to mature and it will. There are many, many, many games that are building. But right now, as gamers, there's no chance I play a single game. I completely agree. <laughs> it just feels really... Uh, I feel very validated when I hear you say that because it's kind of expressing how I feel about the whole space in general. So, yeah, great to hear that. And, you know, we, we kind of talk about this, but what about the other aspects, right? So some people call themselves games, but when really they're actually using gamification methods to change up the way you interact with the protocol. So what are your thoughts on that? You know, for example, DeFi Kingdoms, considers themselves a game, but if you look at the mechanics, it's kind of like a DEX, right? It's just a, game, a gamified DEX. It's DeFi. I mean, what, <laughs> look, game has a very loose meaning, right? Like, I I think that staking is a game. It's just a financial game, right? And yeah. and a very large part of, of what Alluvium Zero is, is going to be is about that financial game it's about gamifying staking it's about creating your own resources that you can go and sell to other people that are gamers and so that that effectively is gamified staking in in a way do i think that you can solely rely on that type of game in your ecosystem absolutely not right like it's it's just it it is a gamified staking model right it's a dex that that has as you know 
tried to get more people to do it in a fun way. That's not, again, that's not a new method of, uh, of, of getting users, but do I think that that's sustainable? Probably not. You know, people want to play fun games. And what do you think about the public's exception towards games? Uh, you, you kind of mentioned it earlier as well that, you know, the the industry is very infant. It's in an infant stage and people have kind of a bad impression of NFT and blockchain games in general. Um, do gamers actually care about whether it's on the blockchain or not? They don't yet because every single example that they've had is a game that they could have been playing 15, 20 years ago. So they look at it and they think, why is all this money pouring into it? Why can't I get my AAA team over here that has 300 people that have proven that they can build four or five games that I love in a franchise? Why, when they go out to try and raise money to create a new game on top of that initial IP, why are they not getting funded? And yet you've got this 2D TCG over here that's getting $300 million in funding. And I wouldn't play that game if you put a gun to my head, right? Like it's it's like that. this is how gamers think. And so I agree. I, I 100% agree. And that's what, part of the reason why I get so motivated to be a part of building Alluvium is it's going to change the perception that NFT games are bad and they aren't fun to play and they're not immersive. They've got terrible graphics. That is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And uh, I think for a large part, that's why our team is, is doing what they're doing because we want to prove to the world that the fun and immersive and addictive and competitiveness that you get out of gaming can exist while being underpinned by the blockchain, which gives it even more advantages where you have verifiable ownership, the ability to sell your assets, the ability to take an asset in from one game and bring it into another game inside that ecosystem. Like imagine if you told someone who's playing, a, who's a super, uh, a Mario fan, right? Like that's mm -hmm. a very, very big IP, but <laughs> you need to, purchase Mario Party, you need to uh, purchase Mario Kart, you need to purchase yeah. Super Smash Brothers. Imagine if I told you one of those games, you can take your character and go and play any of them inside the universe, any of those games. Do you think gamers would then go back to the previous model of, no, mm -hmm. I need to go buy a $99 game 10 times if I want to keep on playing that same IP? Not a chance at all that they're going to do that it's just that we don't have a mario quality game in web 3 mm -hmm. yet we don't have a pokemon quality game in web 3 yet but it is coming and we are very very close now yeah, which brings me to my next question uh obviously illuvium will want to be the benchmark so when illuvium launches hopefully the tides turn but where do you think the industry is headed you know when do you see this change really happening so if we take GTA, for example, they take every time a new GTA comes out, you're talking a five to seven year development cycle. Games of this quality take a long, long, long time to build. We only started seeing AAA developers, AAA teams start developing two years ago. 
and mm-hmm. we were pretty much the first. Then there was a bunch that started around us, maybe a couple of months after. Once those games start launching stuff, and even if they they launch a few, few things early, right, and just demonstrate, like like we've done with our betas and whatever, once they go open, yes, they're going to be way, way more polished in four or five years, but right now they need to be shown that, hey, this is coming. But we're still four, five, six years away from seeing a bunch of different genres that are competing with mainstream. And just kind of run off the session, right? It brings me back to Illuvium. What are Illuvian's plans in the short term? You know, what can we expect in this quarter specifically, and I guess also for the next year or so? Yeah, so by the end of the year, we'll have Illuvium Zero's Alpha out, Illuvium Overworld's Beta out, and we will have uh, a Private Beta 3, which is a PvP version of uh, of Teamfight Tactics. And so at that point, you'll be able to see that the overworld has harvesting, it has forging, it has collecting, it literally has everything, but it will still be in a private beta. So you need to register on our website to try and get into that. And uh, and yeah. So and by the way, have you are you in the beta? Yes, I am. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um. Before we close up the session, you know, I always like to ask, is there anything that I should have asked but did not that you kind of want to address? Uh, or is there anything else you would like to share with our audience here at CoinGecko? Just really appreciate the support that CoinGecko has given us throughout the the last 18 months to, to two years. You know, Bobby, uh, your your founder has been amazing to us. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, everyone at your team has just been super supportive. Your customers, same thing. They're, they're always really, really supportive of Alluvium. So, yeah, just want to say a massive thank you to you guys. Right. Yeah, thank you so much for those kind words. And I guess that's kind of wrapping up the session today. Thank you so much for your time, Kieran. No worries. Thanks, Ben. All right, that wraps up the show. Thank you for listening to the CoinGecko podcast with Bobby. If you like our show and want to know more, check out podcast.coingecko.com or please leave us a review on iTunes. If you have any feedback, do drop us an email at hello at coingecko.com. Join us for more next week. See ya! This podcast is provided as part of the overall information on cryptocurrency contained on our website, is for your general information only, and does not, howsoever, constitute any endorsement, financial or investment advice, nor any solicitation or offer of securities or other financial instruments. CoinGecko and the podcast presenter makes no warranties, implied or expressed, of any kind in relation to this podcast, including, without limitation, the accuracy and updatedness of its content. All opinions and recommendations therein the podcast are based on the personal opinion of the presenter. Please conduct your own research and procure professional advice should you, at your own risk, decide to howsoever invest or trade in relation to the content contained in the podcast.